morning, everyone. Today's date is 22.022.022. And as they said on the radio, nothing magical has happened because of that. Yes, Leighton. On a Tuesday as well. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Okay, good. Is this your full-time job, Leighton? <laughs> Anyway, overnight, U.S. closed for President's Day holiday. Futures this morning were down 70R markets, down 100. European markets down 2%. Germany down 2%. France down 2%. We're on sort of three-week lows. I think we're on lower lows than that in the U.S. The only real new news overnight is Russia didn't want a summit with Biden. So geopolitical tensions are up. Gold was up $16. Iron ore price up 4%. Oil price up 2% in the U.S., in the UK. Metals mixed nickel at a 10-year high. Looking at bond yields, they didn't really do too much. They sort of peaked in the last couple of days and now going sideways, holding up there though. And the main item at the moment is this morning is people are looking at the Dow futures, which are down 500 points or so. And that's about that. Loads of ex-dividends, loads of results today. I think Cockley is the main one. Done, they've done a CSL and jumped on their results. And other than that, a string of other results, string of ex-dividends today. Right, Tom, what is notable this morning? 94 companies on the ASX 200 have reported results with, do you want to guess how much their combined profit is up? 94%. 59%. And interestingly, cash is up 83%. So a fair bit of cash hanging around for companies on the ASX. Costa Group, Hub24, G8 Education, the standout performers early. GEM announced, which is the G8 code, GEM, announced a 10% on-market buyback. Hub doubled underlying profit. We did see those wealth platforms getting sold off last Wednesday on the net wealth numbers, but Hub is making a comeback. Parenti mining services, mining services business rather, is down 5%. Nanasonics is off 6% and Jumbo Interactive is off 3.7%. They are the worst performers on results. Nanasonics, they had the restructure of their sales agreement with General Electric and that's going to weigh in the order of around $13 to $16 million for them. Jumbo Interactive was off despite a 22% higher dividend. So interesting stuff there. Coles notably higher despite COVID impact they managed to maintain a 33 cent dividend post-COVID normalization, the silver lining in the distance for all the supermarkets. So a lot of brokers are talking about how those temporary interruptions and higher costs will dissipate in the future. So looking further ahead for the supermarkets that have also come off quite a bit. Stock of the day, John's Ling Group. Thank you, Ben. They are down a touch. If you want to do all the rebuilding after storm and flood and fire events, on a PE basis, they actually became cheaper over the year despite the share price trend or the share price up around 130%. Have a look in the market today's section. It is a knockout trend, almost exponential. Margins are expected to improve. There isn't much broker coverage, but a solid set of numbers, a strong outlook, and one to take a look at if you're interested. On the economic data front, ANZ weekly consumer confidence fell 1.4%, likely on the back of all this Russia-Ukraine tensions and geopolitical 
ethical risks. Ex-dividends today, West Farmers, AMC, Amcor, and Tabcorp, T-A-H. Ex-dividends tomorrow, JB Hi-Fi, AGL, and Magellan. In the news, one interesting headline I saw is US, the most expensive house in the US hit the market for guess how much? $400 million. $411 million. Oh, and would I you almost right. That's because you I thought you saw it. No, I think I saw it on television. And would you believe it? That is apparently <clears throat> after a price cut. And you know what? I saw that as a as a father of four. Uh, I saw that house, and what did I see? Constant cleaning up. Give Maintenance. Me, give me as small a house as you possibly can, please. Uh, I I only heard this from one of my colleagues who's sixty five, and and he's trying to downsize. He doesn't want a garden. He doesn't want uh, stairs. He doesn't want anything to do at all, and he doesn't want any spare bedrooms because he doesn't want anyone to come and stay. A tent, perhaps. He's a really nice champ, as you can imagine. Uh, right, uh, broker stuff, Leighton, what have we got? So I touched on Magellan yesterday. There was a downgrade at Macquarie, but then some more commentary came through in the afternoon. There was another downgrade from Ord Manette. They said it was due to substantial pressures facing Magellan, which is quite obvious. Uh, despite this, though, Magellan still managed to beat the broker's forecasts and their target price increased, but it's still 6.7% below the current share price. And we've got an average target price there, 14% below the current share price. Another one I saw was Blue Scope Steel. Credit Suisse has an outperform rating with a target price 52% above the current share price. And there was only Credit Suisse and Morgan Stanley that updated this morning, but there's an average target price there, 38.5% above the current share price. What was that on? On Blue Scope Steel. Blue Scope Steel. Couple more, Sonic Healthcare. They were downgraded at Morgan's. The target price reduced over 20% down to $39.93 on the basis that COVID testing will slow down. They also commented it remains in a strong financial position for base business growth and has ample liquidity for M&A. What's the average broker target price there, do you know? 16.8% higher than the current share price. Okay, good. Thanks. And one more super retail group. Morgan's has an upgrade there. They say buying opportunity after the share price fell 9.5% yesterday. They've got a target price 18.5% above the current share price. Credit Suisse also saying similar things. They see value in the share price. Also sees strong momentum heading into the second half of the financial year. And that's all I had this morning. Thank you. Uh, Henry, what have we got in Henry's take today? Um, thanks, guys. Just uh, talking today about, the, I guess, the carnage that's going on beneath the surface of the index. And yesterday, Tyro was the uh, the prime example of that with their numbers out. Their stock was down 26% and has backed that up with a near 6% fall today as well. Some of the forces that are infecting Tyro in terms of competition, having subsidised some of the merchants, etc., and also increased IT costs are starting to pop up in other places, super cheap. And also Adairs were talking about that, the cost of retaining, the cost of keeping staff, the cost of finding staff, the cost of actually rewarding staff is something that is popping up in more and more company reports at the moment. So a little bit of a look on that. And also uh, on Thursday, I'm heading into the city for the first time for an awful long time to uh, sit on the first investment committee show, the Ausbiz people, and had to come up with a 10 to 15 stock conviction portfolio, which I've put Henry's take today. I have to say it's a bit wimpy. It's a bit conservative and includes not that many small caps, but given the way the market is at the moment and my analogy yesterday to try and drive around the Nürburgring, maybe that is a sensible way to at least start the conversation with the other experts. Well, the experts, not the other experts, but the experts at Ausbiz who will also be on the panel as well. So just a few uh, thoughts on that. Did you just chuck out the 
30 companies they already had, Henry. I, I thought that's the only way you could start. You can possibly filter 130 companies. You just need to chuck them out and start again, don't you? Yeah, I basically ignored them. I have to say, uh, some some were there, some were cropped up many times, but there was a lot of junk in there uh, that had basically been put in over the, the months and years since they got this thing going. It only takes two buys from the, uh, the, the experts on the show to get it in the portfolio. And as long as they don't have a sell, that stays in the portfolio. So yeah, there were a lot of stocks, a lot of junk. It's just easier to start with a clean slate. I went through a lot of them, went through the charts. Most of them look pretty sick and horrible anyway, as the market does. But I, I kind of started with a clean slate with some of my ideas and some of theirs, I guess, morphing into it, leaking in. Well, I think the the obvious thing, as Ben could tell you, their uh, selection, their process is flawed if it allows 130 companies in. So you need to restructure how stocks go in, I suppose. Anyway. Well, um, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the point of this uh, this exercise is that uh, they are basically going to restructure the whole thing on a three to five year growth portfolio, high conviction, 10 to 15 stocks in the portfolio and ones that we on the investment committee agree on. So we had to start somewhere. So I plumped for uh, around 15 relatively conservative stocks for some with some uh, exponential growth. Tax. Very good. We'll look forward to watching you on Ausbiz. Right, Marcus, buy section today. I've already put up today. Uh, I, I've um, been looking through the portfolios over the weekend, slightly horrified at the underperformance of the forever portfolio in the last six weeks or so since the market topped. I've been doing a bit of attrition analysis on what has been hurting us and what we haven't got. Uh, What is quite noticeable is that the US market is performing now worse. It's underperforming the Australian market, which is not really a surprise when you consider the theme is interest rate. They have almost half of their market in technology and healthcare, and we have half our market in resources, which are doing very well, and banks, which have recovered. But the portfolio, the forever portfolio, is not performing. And the reason why, of course, is it does have sentiment-driven stocks in there, and particularly it has some technology stocks in there, some consumer discretionary stocks in, in there, which includes retail and some healthcare. These are at the pointy end of the market as interest rates rise, and these are the sectors underperforming in the US. And on the flip side of that, the dividend portfolio is doing really well. And that is thanks to boringness of the dividend stocks, which is apart from resources and banks, the sectors that have outperformed in the last six weeks or so have been gold. We don't hold gold, but REITs, transports, staples, utilities, all those predictable defensive sectors that you might think wouldn't do well if interest rates were the theme, but they're just doing well because they're big and boring and they're not, they haven't got big sentiment uh, elements to their share prices. And I think that's that's the point to make at the moment is that sentiment's evaporating, trend is down, the US is doing worse than us, and the interest rate theme is hurting technology. And on the back of this, I have decided in the, just to make the point in the strategy portfolio, which is the really boring portfolio renamed, in the strategy portfolio today, I have sold the S&P 500 ETF. I don't imagine there'll be anything precipitous, but I think we have to pass the message to members that the market trend is against us. We're swimming against the tide, which is why we've got no ideas in the ideas portfolio at the moment. We're swimming against the tide. The vulnerable or the persistent theme is interest rates and they're the vulnerable sectors will remain. Things like consumer discretionary and 
and technology and healthcare. I'm going to go through the forever portfolio and see if we can cash up a bit more than we have. We've only got 13% cash, but in the strategy portfolio, we will now be 52% cash having sold the S&P 500 ETF. I don't see anything precipitous happening, but it's just to make the point, sometimes you just got to stand back a bit. We'll do that by standing back from the US market and its big technology stocks, which seem to be vulnerable. And I'll go through the forever portfolio. As I say, the uh, dividend portfolio is outperforming. It's in a lot of stocks that are not risky. They don't have high sentiment elements to their share prices. So quite happy with that. But the forever portfolio is underperforming now as the market falls because it's got a lot of sentiment-driven stocks in there. Uh, I might just go through and see if I can raise the cash levels a little bit there. But you can get the message to members is just back off a little bit at the moment. We're swimming against the tide and these these sectors can be revisited later. Right, that's probably enough from me. Question of the day today is, would you, and we're going to get a absolute hundreds of emails from rampant supporters. Always happens when you mention this name, but would you download the Trump Truth social app? Tom. There are 24 hours in the day and I do not have enough time to wade through the interesting adjective in place there that would be that app. So no, thank you. Ben. I hadn't heard about this app until you brought it up. Just and before. now you're going to download and it. And you had me at Trump and social media. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be downloading the app. Oh, right. Okay. Leighton. Yeah, I had to do the same. I just had to look up what it actually was. Right. I think it's just so that he can get back on social media. He's had to make his own way. But no, I don't think, don't think I'll be downloading it. Henry? I have to say no. Uh, only because I don't even follow Twitter really to very much extent. Uh, interestingly, the logo they chose for the, his service exactly matches a UK company logo, which is now issuing legal proceedings against them for right infringement. So good start. But uh, no, I um, there aren't enough hours in the day, I'm afraid, to read that. Okay. I think um, Trump probably fits in with a newsletter like ours, shouldn't mention religion, football, politics, um, or Trump, because so many people are so divided. So you lot have shown no interest in Trump at all. I will say I will download it and read it every day. <laughs> And if you believe that, good luck to you. <laughs> intrigued. No, not intrigued at all. I think we had, well, I really think we had a poisonous four years for the stock market when Trump was president. We hung on his every word in the stock market. He created a tremendous amount of volatility. Well, I was managing the SMAs over that period and waking up to find the market, he'd said this or said that, and that the market listened was the uh, really rather scary and disappointing part, let alone the influence I think he had on the development of social media as a hate platform. I think it was really a disgusting four years. I'm very glad not to uh, have his name appear in my consciousness ever again in my life. I think even Trump aside, the last thing the world needs is more and more social media. So absolutely. So anyway, there we go. Please don't send emails if you're a Trump supporter. It's so boring. You can find us on Trump Truth. Uh, dot com, uh, Marcus, Marcus Today handle, and that's all, all feedback to there. Okay, good. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, as I leave you, the market's down 84, having been down 100. Technology stocks getting belted once again. Again, a few results see us in the blue, but otherwise pretty horrible trend with Dow futures, the concern down multiple hundred points. We'll see what they bring tonight. Thanks very much, everyone. 